Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I'm Sabrina Steerwalt, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. This week is a big one for us here in the U.S. We elect our president for the next four years. An estimated 129 million people voted in the 2012 presidential election, only about 55% of those eligible to do so. The process of how all of those votes are collected and then counted and the machinery we rely on to do it accurately are what the verified voting group call the, quote, intersection of technology and democracy. We rely on voting machines and the design of the procedures performed by poll workers to safeguard this process and assure us that every vote counts. After all, you may disagree with some of the choices being made by elected officials or feel you are just one person trying to influence a large political machine. But in the U.S., you will always have your vote as a way of making your voice heard. So how do voting machines work? How are votes counted? And is the process secure? Let's find out after a quick word from our sponsor. Looking for the perfect holiday gift for your curious kid? Check out Science Expeditions, the latest subscription adventure from Little Passports. Each month, explore the world of science when a package arrives on your doorstep, filled with experiments, a comic book, hands-on activities, and more, plus bonus online content. Kids will investigate topics like forensic science, caves and crystals, northern lights and magnetism, hydrology, and rockets. Go online to littlepassports.com everyday and check out all of the Little Passports monthly subscriptions, such as the World Edition, which teaches kids about geography and world cultures. There's an option for kids of all ages, and each is carefully designed to make learning fun. Little Passports makes the perfect gift, but be sure to order now so your delivery arrives in time for the holidays. Everyday Einstein listeners can find special holiday deals and get a peek inside the monthly packages at littlepassports.com everyday. So how do voting machines work? In the 1800s, voting was done by voice. Voters showed up at a polling place, swore on the Bible that they were who they claimed to be and that they had not already voted, and then called out their choices. While voice voting allowed for independent tallies to be kept on the results, it also offered little protection against the influence of bribes or threats, forcing a person to vote a certain way. There are now laws in place in many states that do not allow any photos taken in the voting booth to protect voters from being forced to offer proof of their choice. Now that we live in the selfie era, these laws are getting more attention, including in the 2016 election when Justin Timberlake posted a photo of himself casting his ballot in Tennessee. In case you're hoping to memorialize your voting experience on social media, Time magazine provided a map of which states allow voting selfies and which do not. 
Or maybe just play it safe and stick to just a photo with your I voted sticker. The privacy of our voting practices have improved since the 1800s, but even after 56 presidential elections and 44 presidents, we continue a trial and error effort toward determining the best technology to use to count those votes. The decision of what kind of voting machine to use is made at the state level, and paper ballots are still the dominant form of voting in the U.S., In the 2016 presidential election, approximately three-quarters of voters will cast their votes on a paper ballot. Once a voter fills in the circle or square next to their choice, an optical scanner will be used to record their ballot, either at the polling site or once ballots from several polling sites are gathered in a more centralized location. The optical scanners can read as many as 10 ballots per second. There are some jurisdictions where paper ballots are not scanned, but instead counted by hand at the polling location. Most absentee ballots are conducted this way as well. Some districts use direct recording electronic systems, or DREs, which collect a voter's choices either through a touchscreen, push buttons, or a dial, and then immediately stores the data to computer memory. Newer models are more likely to use the touchscreens. Some DREs have the option of printing a paper record, which can act as an analog form of backup, should a recount or an audit be necessary. Some states employ a mix of paper ballots and DREs, and only five states, Delaware, Georgia, Louisiana, South Carolina, and New Jersey, use only DREs without the option for printing a paper record. If you're curious, Verified Voting has a map of what equipment is used in each state. Punch card voting machines will not be used in the 2016 election, and anyone who has been paying attention to the last several U.S. elections will know why. In the 2000 presidential election, between Bush and Gore, millions of ballots had to be discarded due to the issue of hanging chads, or holes that were not thoroughly punched. As a result, the Supreme Court had to be called upon to settle the final vote count. This event is likely the inspiration for a significant fraction of the U.S. population learning the phrase hanging chad. It also inspired the Help America Vote Act, which passed in 2002, and worked toward phasing out the use of punch card voting machines. How are votes counted? Just as voting equipment may vary state to state, so does the procedure for counting votes. In some jurisdictions, votes are counted at the polling site where they are cast. In other places, the votes are gathered in a more centralized location before being counted together. When ballots are transferred, poll workers are usually assigned to stay with the boxes for their entire journey. The mode of transfer also depends on location. Ballots in Ohio, for example, are likely to travel by car. But ballots in Los Angeles usually get to take a ride in a helicopter. For anyone who has watched what feels like an excruciatingly slow incoming crawl of results on election night, the counting process feels like an eternity. However, large counties are actually required to report new numbers every 15 minutes, while smaller counties are given 30 minutes to an hour. Once enough votes are collected across the state, the state's electoral college then meets to cast their votes. Each state is provided one elector for each of its seats in Congress. Thus, states with the largest populations, like California, Texas, New York, and Florida, have the largest number of electoral votes. All but two states, Nebraska and Maine, are winner-take-all. All the electors selected to vote are chosen as representatives of the candidate winning the popular vote. 
Only in some states, however, are electors bound to vote for a certain candidate. For more on how electors are chosen and in which states they are bound by party lines, check out the U.S. government's archive pages. Is voting secure? With every election comes the concern for keeping the voting process reliable and secure. The best way to confirm that votes are being accurately counted and to hold the system accountable is to do a full audit after the election. In many states, paper ballots are counted by hand after the election to confirm that the numbers match those that were reported electronically. However, the audit process varies largely from state to state, with some states having very thorough audit procedures, i.e. New Mexico, California, and Missouri, and others having inadequate audits or none at all, like Virginia, Louisiana, and Wyoming. Of course, Audits are not even possible in states using DREs with no option to print a paper record. While the increase in electronic voting has spurred some public concerns over the possibility of rigging an election, there has been no evidence to suggest that this can or will take place. In fact, a much easier way to disrupt electronic voting machines would be to slow them down, rather than to rig them in some way to transfer votes from one candidate to another. As for attempts to game the system from the inside, the Brennan Center for Justice at the New York University School of Law produced a thorough investigative report on voter fraud in the U.S. In a summary of their findings, they note that, quote, voter fraud is very rare, voter impersonation is nearly non-existent, and much of the problems associated with alleged fraud in elections relates to unintentional mistakes by voters or election administrators. So, if you are a registered voter, either in the U.S. or in your home country, take the time to exercise your right to make your voice heard through your vote. As someone who lives in a country that would not have allowed me that opportunity 100 years ago, I know that I will. Until next time, this is Sabrina Steerwalt with Everyday Einstein's quick and dirty tips for helping you make sense of science. You can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter where I'm at QDT Einstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application.